All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, 877-37-GRIND. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, keeping it moving here, um, sticking with the NFL theme. Uh, before we get into this um, list in regards to the potential cuts or restructure contract of the uh, Broncos, according to Yahoo Sports and the Broncos Wire. Um, so, again, the the Barkley situation with the Giants is going to be very interesting. Um, and Josh Jacobs falls in that same kind of realm with the Raiders. Yeah, the, see, but the deal with Josh Jacobs, though, is, you know, he held out a couple of those. Uh, he was holding out uh, because of the whole didn't want to sign the franchise tag thing. And they worked out, came back. But the problem is, is this past year, he's coming off some of his career low numbers. See, last year he was coming off the Russian title. This year he's coming off of some low numbers. So how does that fit? And what the Raiders kind of want to do. I believe, you know, Antonio Pierce and the kind of team I think he's trying to build, I, I would think that Antonio Pierce wants to hold on to Josh Jacobs. But again, that's just a position that is easy to be replaced um, via draft and, and the running backs that are coming out in college. But I think Barkley is still the different exception to the rule because how much he really counts for the Giants offense. But I think the right thing to do for the Giants is because if you do do this, and let's say you tag him again or whatever, which I'll still say shame on Barkley because he should have done this deal, held out and had a one-year deal or whatever, say, hey, put it in there because other players have done it where you can't tag me. You know what I'm saying? Like, either you're going to pay me or allow me to hit the free agent market. But I just believe if the Giants do that and they try to tag again, then it almost looks like it's a personal situation almost because you've had plenty of opportunity. The guy's a big part of what you do. If you wanted to be a Giant, pay him. If not, then let him free. Let him go test the market. What are you going to say? Well, and as far as testing the market, you look at where the Cowboys' deficiencies were on offense this last year. Running back was one of those positions that everybody expected. Maybe they make a move at at the trade deadline. They let Dalvin Cook go, uh, and 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 you know sign with I think what the Jets at the time. Um, but is is that one that you think the Jer- that maybe Jerry overpays for because you get to do it. It, it, it serves double purpose. A you get to. Again, help your stable. Tony Pollard would now be a year, rem- a whole year removed from his procedure, uh, you know, and 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 so he has a year of health back under him. But you get to bring in Saquon Barkley, which uh, a workhorse like that, which he of course he does have an injury history, mm. but you have Tony Pollard as a as a back that can hopefully take that load if he, if Barkley can't um, for whatever finish the season. But you also get to take him away from the Giants. Well, I think the anytime addition by subtraction within your enter your division is a positive. But when you say overpay, I don't know if Dallas is really in the position where they can overpay, especially for a running back position, even if it's getting somebody at Barkley. Keep in mind, CeeDee Lamb looms, Micah Parson looms. Uh, you know, Dak is coming up on his deal that you're going to have to look. So, you know, Dallas is still in a situation where – 
I feel like if you're talking about the running back, and I do believe they need to, no disrespect to Pollard, but they need to upgrade the running back. Like well, they and, need to excuse add me, anything. Pollard is a free agent this year right. too. Remember, he was one of those guys last year mm-hmm. signed a one year deal. Yeah, so I, I think that really Dallas needs to upgrade. Even if they retain Pollard or they work on a deal to keep him in Dallas, they need other help at the running back position. And me personally, I still think their best fit is probably looking toward Derrick Henry. Because I think Derrick Henry, in the type of back he is, you know that's going to help solve some of the red zone problems that Dallas and the offense has had, especially the goal line. Like being able, when you get in that within that five-yard line, like the five and the eight, you know, those days of Zeke, they used to be automatic. You could punch them in. They just haven't had that in the last couple of years. They just haven't had it. So I think that if I had to choose, and we're talking about that, then I would probably go more with them um, looking toward – Probably, you know, Derrick Henry in regards to Barkley, which we'll see. I just think that, and again, the last thing on Barkley, and I said this last year when they was holding out and I was going to bat for the running backs, his agent, I mean, Barkley has done a horrible job by talking about his contract situation through the medium. Like, letting it be known that you want to be a giant for life and a retired giant is not helping your agent's case any whatsoever. Like, that that's the problem that you can see that some guys, they just want a ball. They just want to play football. They're not, And I'm not trying to disrespect Barkley and call him dumb or anything like that. But the reality is some guys just want to ball and play, and they don't might not have the business savvy when you get into these situations especially when you're talking about trying to get long-term contracts to deal, and especially at that position. The, I mean, he just said it the other day. There's no reason to sit there because why? Because those guys, the, most of the GMs, the 32 GMs that are in this league, okay, it starts with them and, of course, the owners, but let's just keep it with the GMs and the vice president of football operation. These guys are sharks. And if you put out, you know, it, they'll feed on that and they'll use it against you. You know, they'll keep stroking you or keep sitting there saying, oh, well, we'll tag him again. What is he going to do? He wants to be a giant. So that's the disappointing, too, with Barkley is the fact that whoever his agent is, they just, and I said it last year and I'll say it again, they need to tell him to zip it. 877-37-GRIND. Before I get into these possible 10 restructured contracts or cut by the Denver Broncos, there's another running back that came across my radar this morning. Um, that could be in a weird situation. And that's speaking of the Cleveland Browns and Nick Chubb. He's coming off of a bad, bad injury. We all witnessed it. I think it was a Monday night game. It was a Thursday night game. I think it was a Monday night game. Uh, right? Monday night against the Steelers. The Steelers. Mika Fitzpatrick uh, right to the knee. I think about what? Like maybe about 11 million, 13 is kind of where he's at. On his on 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 his deal, uh, his cap hit uh, is fifteen point eight in twenty twenty four with okay. a um, base salary of eleven point eight from Bleacher Report. The question is the possibility of them releasing him. Um, look, I mean, one percent chance. You think now is that your is that your heart think, talking or is that your your mind sitting? Because if you look at the business of this and the football sense, there's there's a more. And I understand that's Nick Chubb. There's more than a one percent chance. But that's that's why I'm asking you or you know because if you talk about the business sense and the injury he's coming off of, 
and kind of where they're at as an in, in organization and, and, and where it's at, kind of what you we were going to battle with last year about the running back position. Um, I, I don't honestly, I don't think they're going to release him at either. But it's it's more than one percent, especially if he's counting. If 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 he's going to count toward that toward the cap, and I understand that's Nick Chubb, and this is an injury he had in Georgia. You know, we've seen him cut on in Georgia, and he came out. I mean, he's a physical specimen, and I'm pretty sure he's been attacking rehab. But at the end of the day, it's damaged good. So again, it just depends on the situation with the organization, how they view him, what he wants to do, but I would put it at more than a 1% chance that they, they could have looked at it. I'll maybe give you five, but Andrew, Andrew Barry addressed it mm-hmm. right at the end of the season. Okay. Right at the end of the season. Um, he said, obvious, and, and quote, again, through through Bleacher Report, you know, as they're kind of, we're kind of updating this as, as we get to the franchise tag, but this was back in January. Andrew Barry had told the reporters, obviously I understand that it, that's a little bit of the elephant in the room. Speaking of Nick Chubb and his contract. With Nick, I can say for myself and for the organization that nobody wants to see that carry in Pittsburgh be the last time he carries the ball for the Cleveland Browns. And obviously, there are things that we'll have to work through, but that would be not be our intention. We obviously will work to keep him on the team. And that's the GM speaking? Yes, Andrew Barry. Okay. Um, so, so that I'll comes from within the team. And when you look at Nick Chubb, again, the, what he's coming back from, uh, and they're like they're they're just hoping to get him back probably mid season even to the back quarter of the regular season, and from from when he returns you're gonna have to you know like ramp up his workload slowly, and so what does that look like? Does that look like a fourth down or a third down back? Does that look like uh, you know how are you Batman and Robining that one together? You still, Kareem Hunt only came back on a one year deal, so what are you doing with him? I think even Jerome Ford hasn't been extended, so your running back room is pretty empty outside of a maybe Pierre Strong. So I think that you have an opportunity to work with Nick's agents. Uh, they've taken great care of him. Again, if their intentions were not to even eat some cheese, to use your term, you know they ran him out there for the playoffs uh, to come out and smash the guitar, or, or the uh, maybe uh, sorry week seventeen or week eighteen to smash the guitar. Uh, he's been on their social media, you know, and, they, and they've touted that. I think that they're going to do everything to do right by a guy who has been nothing but an upstanding piece of their team. And now if we go back to last year when we had this conversation about the value of running backs. And you said, when we get to the end of Nick Chubb's contract, all right, how do you, you don't think that they should go ahead and pay $18 million, $20 million to keep Nick Chubb. And I still stand on it. No. That's not that's not the, a feasible way to build construct a roster in 2024, 2025, or even 2026. You can't do that. Um, well, I don't think that he's not going to be that kind of a number. Again, 15.8 is a significant hit if you can restructure, if you can renegotiate this contract this year, uh, even just for 2024. I think they'll do right by him. Again, he got hurt on company time. He's been nothing but amazing for the franchise. Best running back since Jim Brown, and you'd have to go back seventy years, or maybe fifty years. But. Joe Montana did right by the franchise. 
there's a list along of guys. It's about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. And that's a lot of what ifs or what, especially if you're talking about back end of the season, what you're projecting. That's a lot of what ifs this for 15. And listen to Barry talk even at the end of the season because there's a lot changes between the end and when you're talking about getting into free agency and you're right about the draft and you're getting reports from your scouting people about other running backs and all that. Just listen to his statement right there. Sounds like what I always say that when you get in these situations, the ownership side slash GM and the player you jockey for PR you jockey for said hey well we would like to do this we would like to do that because he is a polarizing figure for that organization but the reality of it is he's older he's been cut on for two or three times and that's a lot of what ifs to carry for 15 million for a guy that maybe might not be ready to go until halfway during the middle of the season um the key I, I, point is they're entering the offseason about 20 million over the cap they're 20 million over yeah about 19.8 and yeah. you're, you're likely going to be losing one of your starting all-pro guards. Um, again, that's one of those things where I said before, Amari Cooper, while he's not a free agent, could be a, a, a significant trade target as they try to maybe unload his contract. Is there is there something with um is there some type of language in a deadline in Chubb's contract? Do you know by like a certain like how we have March eighteenth for Russell Wilson, March twentieth or whatever? You got other guys. Is there's I wonder is there a certain language of a deadline coming up that they make a decision to whether hey he's on the roster he count for fifteen because I can tell you if there is then that smells like to me that it could be a release. With the hope to bring back, and 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 because because if I if I'm Barry the GM, and of course we've got this situation still looming about this Deshaun Watson, are we going to get return on our investment with Deshaun's contract, and that's fully guaranteed? You bring up the Mari Cooper situation, which I wasn't even talking thinking about. Um, are you? I mean, is it a situation where you're in a position to say, look? You know, we want Chubb to be here. We want him to retire Cleveland Brown. He's done right by the organization. But at the end of the day, we can't carry $15 million, So we're going to release him with the hopes of bringing him back and have him try to test the market. Because, look, if we saw a running backs get treated the way they were last year, from Jonathan Taylor to Josh Jacob to Shaquan Barkley, all these guys, and none of those guys were coming off of any major injury. The only one that might have been a little bit banged up was Jonathan Taylor. And a lot of that was fabricated from the Colts organization. If we saw a whole running back class get treated like that, let alone I wouldn't hold my breath. And I'm not saying they are, but you have to take that into consideration as they're going to do that for a guy that is a little bit older, that's going to count for 15 and a half on the cap, and basically is entering like the final year of his contract to where you're in an injury to where he probably might not. Now, me personally, I think the way Chubb is, he'll probably be ready by the time camp goes. Now, they might have him on a pitch count. They might not want to rush him if they're going to retain him. But at the end of the day, that's a lot of what ifs to carry for 15. I would bring the, after listening to those comments and looking at the situation, I would probably bring that up to a 15 to 20% chance that they at least maybe look at releasing him and then hoping to resign him at a different deal. That's just really what it is. Now, before they release him, they can still negotiate and try to come to a new deal if they really want to keep him. But if if a guy like Chubb feels like, hey, I'm going to be okay after this. I'm going to be all right. You know, if it comes down to where they can't get a number, then the next thing is, well, release it, test the market. And if you can't get what you want to get, then let's talk then. But we'll see. I mean, but there's a, like I said, the running back position 
and the wide receiver position are just two positions that usually there's depth in the draft. And there's younger, faster, healthier, cheaper depth in the draft. It isn't like edge rushers, okay? Like you might have like five to maybe seven max elite edge rushers and pass rushers each draft. And that's that's stretching it. The rest of the guys will be third, fourth round guys. Maybe they'll develop into something great. And maybe they end up being a bust. So you got to be more particular. And that's why Kansas City's in this situation with Chris Jones. You can go and look at, of course, quarterbacks. And you can look at um, maybe safeties. But when you talk about quarterbacks and wide receivers, I'm excuse me, running back and wide receivers, and you put money in the factor that things can get kind of dicey. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so another team that's going to be cap challenge, of course, as we know, is the Denver Broncos. And according to Yahoo Sports and, of course, the Broncos Wire as well, uh, they have listed the other day, John Heath listed 10 players the Broncos could cut, trade, or restructure to save cap space. Um, just taking a gander, of course, the first one is obvious to me that they would go to uh, would be wide receiver Jerry Judy. If they trade him, they would trade him to save $12,987,000. Um, they've got a decision on him as well. A negotiation window would open March 11th, which is free agent period. And then um, that's number one that they have out there. Number two, we'll get to that one when we get back. Uh, just going to skim through this, some interesting names, and give you my thoughts on that. Because, again, they've got um, they've got one of those big – I've never was – were you a puzzle guy, a kid growing up? Did you like puzzles? Like what kind of puzzle? Like mental puzzles or like puzzle piece puzzles? I didn't know they were like puzzles, puzzle man. The ones that you get in a box at the store, just like a yeah, thousand pieces. I, I still piece. like puzzles. Okay. Well, let me tell you something, man. Sean Payton and Jorge, they've got one of those old school puzzles that come in like with about 5,000 pieces that you got to sit there and put, take. It might take you five months to put it together. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is presented by Dosecchi's. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. 
sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Without a follow, without a mention, you really piping up on these. You gotta be nice for what to these. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pinland Whiskey. Pinland Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada, using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pinland Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. And keep in mind, Pinland Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, and it's an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind. 87737-GRIND. All right, so uh, keeping it moving um, here on this list. So it said Judy. Uh, the next one up they have listed is defensive back Justin Simmons. Trade to save $14.5 million. Um, Simmons is one of the NFL's best safeties, but he'll turn 31 this season and is scheduled to become a free agent in 2025 unless the Broncos believe they are truly on the verge of contending for a Super Bowl. It would make sense to trade Simmons now while he still has trade value. If it to me, in my opinion, of what uh, you know, Justin Simmons is a class act. You know, I just feel like through the lo- he's he's known losing since he's been a Bronco for the most part. He's never really complained. He he's through all the two or three coaches he's played under. Um, he's bought into everything they've said to do. Um, he's tried to keep the locker room together uh, through some difficult times. Um, he's one of the few bright spots over the last five to six, through this whole seven-year period post-Super Bowl. He's one of the bright spots. And to be honest with you, he's one of the few of the last draft picks that Elway really hit on, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I, I mean, I remember seeing Justin Simmons play at Boston College. I knew he was the real deal. But if it means so, meaning I say all that because he's a guy you want to keep in the organization. But with that said, if he's got to be sacrificed potentially to move up to get the right guy in the top four, got to do it. Got to do it. If that's part of it, because I'd rather ship some of these players out instead of. In a, in speaking of a trade, instead of ripping it down more in future draft capital that will be sacrificed. That's just what it is. Because like I said yesterday's show, they're not a quarterback away. Um, this is probably one that I think is definitely more realistic. And that's D, uh, that's DJ Jones. Um, you know, he's going to be due $9,970,000. That's how much they would save if they cut him or trade him. Um, that kind of makes sense to me. 
Um, this is an interesting one to me, and I feel like he will be a casualty just because, you know, unfortunately, uh, this regime didn't draft him, even though this general manager who's still employed elected to pay him, rightfully so. Um, I believe he is the best wide receiver on the team, and that's wide receiver Tim Patrick. Um, if they cut him, which I don't think you can trade him because if he's coming off of an injury year, two years, he hasn't played in two years. OK, but he would count about he would save about nine and a half million on the cap. OK. Um, mm. You know, and it's and it's really he's going to turn 31 this season. Um, you know, according to this article, they're saying there, there's no way they think they'll pay him nine point five million to twenty twenty four. I kind of agree with that because of the cap situation. This is one of those that I would like for him to probably one of those get released, but bring back very cheap and maybe on an incentive type of deal. Because I don't know what he's going to look like post this injury, post not playing two years. But when when he left before he got hurt and the film that he left on and he was playing with some challenge quarterbacks and some challenge coaches, he was the best receiver, in my opinion, on the squad. Um, this one's interesting when you talk about they have uh, Jarrett Stidman listed. Uh, you cut him, you save about $5 million. I likely don't see that to happen because he's the one quote-unquote semi type of veteran that you have left on the roster at that position, especially if you're looking to take quarterback at 12 or move up to take a quarterback. Um, I doubt it very seriously. I mean, this is one of Sean Payton's first signings. Uh, before he went out and spent a bunch of money on Powers and McGlitchy. So I doubt it very seriously that he's going to part ways with him um, in just one year. So I don't see that happening. Uh, linebacker Alex Singleton, you would save $3 million if you cut him. He led the team in tackles. I think he even set a franchise record, I think, for a season tackles, or he was close. I don't see that happening. Um, you know, I think he's an important piece. You know, had some bone. I mean, I can't, I haven't got past his bonehead play in Houston, uh, that I felt cost them that game and the momentum in that game. Uh, but Alex Singleton, I think, is the season he's coming off of. And all you're really doing is saving $3 million. I think you want to keep him on that defense uh, intact. Uh, Traymond Smith, um, he was very good at special teams last year. Uh, but I think he's a guy, when you're talking about saving $2.5 million, he would probably be good cut. And I'll, and I'll go, there's some other ones, you know, McGlitchy, the other one. But I'll leave with this one and we can move on. Uh, Garrett Bowles is a huge one because uh, to me personally, they have him listed at 11632000 that they can sign. Um, hadn't been a big Garrett Bowles fan since the time he was drafted over the few years. Just he just, in my opinion, just the constant holding and it took him a long time to really be comfortable. He had a decent season last year, but got hurt. Um, I think. This is one of those that I think that they could trade him instead of just out releasing him. Um, you know, good offensive tackles, which he's there's some value with Garrett Bowles. I'm not going to sit there and tell you he's trash, uh, but I think that's one of those to pay attention if they kind of like if that's a draft day move or prior to kind of trade him maybe for a fourth, fifth round pick, maybe. Uh, you know, that's one of those that you could do. I don't know if you can get any higher on Garrett Bowles um, 
at the highest, you're probably going to get a third round. And that's stretching it. But I think instead of cutting him, they would look to trade him. Um, and that's pretty much And the other notable one is wide receiver Cortland Sutton. Um, you would save almost $6 million with him. Um, I, I definitely know, and, and my gut tells me that Sean wants to upgrade across the board at the wide receiver position. You know, Marvin Mims was taken in the six, second round last year. That was their first pick in the draft because they didn't have a first rounder. Um, he made he got awards for special teams this year and punt returns. Uh, you know, but when you take a guy like that um, in the second with a second round pick, you're not just picking him to play special teams and return punts and kickoffs. You're wanting him to develop into a receiver. And there were some bright spots early on in the season, but they never really went back to him. And I always thought it had to do with he was challenged in route running. Uh, probably needs to get better in running routes, learn the whole route tree. Uh, but definitely when you talk about him, and the reason why I bring him up is because you look at the Cortland Sutton situation and you look at the Tim Patrick situation. Um, me personally, there's a good chance if you're talking about f almost $6 million, there's a good ch chance that Cortland Sutton is probably not going to be a Bronco. Uh, next season if they don't reconstruct you which I doubt it he wants to do uh, especially with Russ I think you know Cortland kind of did build a little bond there with Russ so maybe he feels a certain way with this particular regime and Sean the way that Russ situation was handled so it might be a situation of where they part ways had a heck of a season uh, had a heck of a tenure when he was healthy. Same thing like Tim Patrick. He didn't miss two seasons, but he missed one to a knee injury. But for the most part, you know, to considering where they took him, you know, coming out of SMU, um, he's he's had a pretty decent career if he could stay healthy so far with Denver. But I think when you're talking $6 million, you're probably going to have to part ways, you know, in that situation. So the potential of this whole list according to yahoo sports and broncos wire if you do all these transactions you would potentially save 85 million four hundred eighty-two thousand seven hundred fifty. you know a bunch of gang of money to spend you go on that but the realistic thing part of it i don't think they're going to be able to clear all that and are they going to want to clear some of that but when you look at the tim patrick when you look at the Cortland sutton contract when you look at the language in the Russ contract i'm here to tell you man with George, which I, I think he's 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 done some good draft. He's had some good draft picks. Okay, Javante Williams. He's he's had some good picks, but I would have to tell you that the only way, in my opinion, no inside information or anything like that, but in my opinion, the only way and the only reason he survived was based off that the Penner Group, Greg Penner, did not want to write another check for somebody to go away. That's what I believe, because other than that, when you have these decisions and this is really what you're judged by, I've always said that, you know, in the NFL, the general manager is judged by two things, the coach you hire, but most likely the quarterback you draft or you sign in free agents. And unfortunately, George has him and he's put himself in this position. He's put the organization in this position because you had a concocted plan to bring Aaron Rodgers to. Denver, Colorado, a few years ago, and for whatever reason, only Aaron knows, he got cold feet, and it blew up in your face, and just like I say about the Baker Mayfield thing, George couldn't sell just anybody a quarterback, so you had to go, and basically, it's not so much of what you gave Seattle, 
you had to go give Russell Wilson the language and the new contract that he wanted to save face. And that's why. Not the only reason, but that's one of the main part of the reasons that this organization is going to be in the situation they're going to be in for the next two years. The only bright spot is you hope that they're in this situation and they've got the guy under center for the future. Because if you don't, it's going to be a lot of Justin Hibbert versus Patrick Mahomes as long as Andy's there duking it out. Okay? That's just the reality. Never thought I'd say that in my lifetime, but that's just where we're at. 877-37-GRIND. Uh, before we move on from the NFL scene uh, altogether, uh, a couple other uh, notes real quick uh, that I had. I didn't really have this um, on the doc. Well, first of all, uh, longtime Patriots special teams great Matthew Slater announced his retirement. Uh, there's few, very few guys in the NFL in my lifetime that stand out on special teams. Uh, Matthew Slater's one of them. I would go back to what Don Beebe did for Buffalo on special teams. Um, not Don Beebe. I'm sorry. His teammate Task. I think it was Task at the time. Um, there's a few guys, you know, especially I'm not talking about the Devin Hester's of the world, Joshua Cribs. I'm talking about like when you talk about guys, gunners, guys that got to make tackles and stuff. Slater was one of those guys, but he's calling it quits. So I guess he's riding out with Bill. Uh, he's got he's announced his retirement uh, today. So that's the other uh, update. Do we haven't had any cuts or anything like we on air that we can update on in real time doing? I don't have that right now. Uh -huh. I, can, I can double check here uh, in a moment, but. One of the other stories to come out of NBA All-Star Weekend was Shaq talking with Jason Kelsey. Okay, um, I missed that Kelsey's one. mulling retirement, of course, of okay. the Eagles. And Shaq told Kelsey to enjoy his family. He, Shaq, again, alluded to the fact or, or mentioned the fact that he, that he didn't take care of his family, you know, as, as he was kind of going, going throughout his career. Um, like he, he put him and his, him and him and his business first, um, and didn't maybe necessarily give his family time enough that he should have. And he and he was very heartfelt in terms of because because they had Kelsey on the panel and he said, "I don't have a question for you, but I have some advice for you." Um, you know, as, as you ponder retirement, he said, "Take care of your family." Do you think that um, you know? Because J Jason Kelsey, we have conflicting reports. He's still considering it. He obviously has plenty of time to think about it. I think the, the Eagles will welcome him back if he wants to keep playing. But um, any any thoughts on on either Shock's comments or or you know Kelsey's retirement potentially? Uh, anyway, well, first of all, I didn't know that. I didn't catch that about the conversation with Shaq and. Kelsey, um, well, in regards to Shaq's comments, I would sit there and say, well, first of all, um, according to the late Kobe Bryant and kind of what I can remember, Shaq was out there running wild, okay, um, slinging it, no pun intended, pause. So Shaq was in partaking, because first of all, the reason why I bring that up, because when I hear Shaq give advice to another athlete that's contemplating retirement, he talks about taking care of family. That's what that means to me. That That's what it means to me without him saying it, because, I mean, Shaq always took care of his kids, always took care of his wife. I mean, you know, money was never an object with Shaq. So when he says that neglecting his wife or his family 
it probably has to mean that he was kind of, uh, you know, enjoying the fruits of his labor outside the court and outside of his marriage, according to certain reports or whatever. So that's my thoughts of what first comes to my mind. If you want me to keep it real when Shaq says that on Kelsey. Look, man, you know, the policy on this show, uh, once you start thinking about it, you're kind of basically already going entry close to retirement. It's crazy because it flew under the radar. Uh, speaking of Shaq and that sport and All-Star Weekend, Stephen Curry had said that he had said, hey, man, I've thought about retirement, but I'm nowhere close. I'm like, ah, oh, Steph. You know, but Kelsey, I believe he's 70% out the door. I really do. Um you know, it's one of those things that it's a grind. I mean, when you get to those guys, and I've, I've paid attention to the NFL long enough, just like others, you've heard people say and athletes say that, you know, especially when you talk about a quarterback position or a center position, it's like week one through 18 is not the problem. The problem is the preparation during the week the dieting that you have to do and worry about, uh, the conditioning, the training camps, that's all the stuff that basically pushes guys when they get to this point of the career where it's like, do I really want to do this again? If, if, if Kelsey knew all he had to do was come up week on Mondays and Thursdays and Sundays and execute the tush push or whatever the hell you want to call it twice a game, he ride it out. But it's all the preparation. And you can look at the way he reacts to his brother and, you know, being at the games up there with uh, Taylor Swift, you know, the podcast they have. Everything points to me that he's ready for life without football. You know what I'm saying? He's taking care of his money. Money's not an issue. So he's there. But could I see him as we get closer to, you know, in the summer, July, June, we get past the draft. You kind of see where the team is shaping up, what it's going to be. Keep in mind, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore as well, too, which I think that is very interesting on how that's going to work. That that marriage between him, the, the type of offense Kellen Moore runs – and I think we're going to find out a lot about Kellen Moore. Is he one of these next bright minds that can adjust? Or are you going to walk in there and say, no, nah, Jalen, this is what we're going to run. But I bring it up because he's going to experience a new offensive coordinator and a new scheme, speaking of Kelsey. So there's a lot of factors. But I think, you know, part of the thing that's probably tugging at him, which he won't admit publicly, maybe he will. They talk about everything else, um, is I believe sitting there, and as close as they are, sitting there and knowing that your brother has two of them things, or really, excuse me, he's got three of them things now. It it's and you don't have. Well, wait a minute, Kelsey was Kelsey on that Phillies team with Nick Foles? Yes. Are you a hundred percent sure? You know yes. why I asked you that? Because I they played that on NFL Network the other day. They were playing the replay of that game, and I was looking at the center position, but I didn't see him down there. And I and I, it's funny we're talking about this because I thought about it. I was like, is Kelsey on that squad? Um, just check for me. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, I know it's weird because they just had that replay of that Super Bowl on NFL Network, and I was looking. I was like, I don't see Kelsey. Was that was he there? Which you would think he was on that squad. I mean, he was talking about retiring. I mean, he's probably you would he's think he's been he, with the Eagles since 2011. 2011. So he was on there. Well, he's got one. So maybe his brother drives him, maybe to get the other one. But I think he's 70% out the door. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... 
It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 